0: Hi, welcome back to Ask A Startup. My name is Adil and I'm the host of the show. This episode is about an NHS doctor. So before we go ahead, we would like to thank all those NHS staff members, key workers, doctors, all the healthcare professionals who has been on the front line during COVID-19 crisis. Thank you so much. In this episode, we will be speaking to Dr. Karan Sandhu who has been on the front line during COVID-19 crisis. He speaks about his COVID journey and also what led him to create his own startup company. Hi Karan, thank you so much for joining me on Ask A Startup today. Well, first of all, the basic question that I ask everyone is please introduce yourself, which means Pretty much everything, all the way back from when you were born. Just, just kidding, <laughs> obviously no. But yeah, please tell us about your age, where you're from and what have you studied in the last few years and what are you doing right now? Okay, wow, big
1: question. Uh, so my name is Corin Sandhu. I'm a 27-year-old junior doctor working in A&E at the moment. And essentially, you know, the way we've met is because I've recently started a startup as of September 2019. So my week, working week looks like some shifts in A&E, working on the startup and having a good time and trying to find some balance somewhere in the middle of all that. Really.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think one important thing, obviously, since you mentioned your doctor, obviously the COVID situation, everything that's going on, mm. how has that been for you?
1: Well, it's definitely been a challenge, I'd say, you know, I think the worst part or the, the hardest part, if you like, was that beginning bit where mm-hmm. just before the peak, like the uncertainty, we weren't really sure what was happening. There was anxiety, fear, worry, whether not only sort of whether we're doing everything right, but whether the whole kind of trust, whether the country's doing everything right, you know. So a lot of questions and it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was difficult and I found things difficult, but I know that my colleagues found things even more difficult, understandably as well. And that's when I started thinking, you know, I started talking to other people, other nurses, physios, radiographers, all these different members of staff and literally just asking them sort of straight up like what are your biggest fears at the moment you know what are you concerned about what what's worrying you or and also how are you dealing with these things Mm -hmm. and from those conversations I realized that I'd had my own practices that I was using to sort of deal with the environment and they were actually helping me quite a lot and I thought hang on a minute now I know how to sort of make videos like I would say I'm you know definitely not an expert like definitely a beginner but I was like hey look I can I know how to get a video of me talking from a camera to the computer onto a course. So let's you know let's make an online course. Let's try and help people. Let's make something free, and that's where I created something called Cope Well Nineteen. Uh, shout out to one of our other colleagues and co-founders, or sorry, other startup entrepreneurs who came up with that name as well, Bash. So my Bash Ahmed, if you if you're listening, which I know you are, <laughs> um, came up with a great name. And essentially it was designed to improve the well-being of healthcare workers and also reduce burnout. So, you know, it was in, recorded the course while I was working. So was total in terms of the course and the clinical work, like sort of 60, 70 hours. A week. A week. Wow. And like, it was just weird. Like, it just, you know, some sort of things just sort of come through you almost. And like, mm-hmm. you just working just doing it so those are references we had a nutritionist on there and we got it accredited by the british society of lifestyle medicine got it on their website and we've had people go through the course and have got real real benefit from it you know just because i think it shows a different perspective yeah i was just sort of sharing how i've dealt with it i used evidence-based tips lifestyle medicine tips yeah, so that was sort of my covid journey if you like and then i moved on to the respiratory wards so working not so much now on the front line where i was sometimes a designated covid doctor or back then i think they literally We're calling it the Dirty Doctor initially in the beginning, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) They quickly changed it, though, but... Like, this is what I mean, like things are changing so fast. But yeah, it was it was like it was it was real man. I remember like my friend coming up to me and saying, Oh yeah, we had a rough day yesterday, we had two 30 year olds that we had to take to ITU And I was like, hold on a minute, like 30 year olds, I thought it was you know elderly people or people with underlying health conditions and like this is just a minority by the way, you know, I don't want to sort of scare anyone mm-hmm. and there's a high chance they had an underlying health condition anyway. Yeah. But then I started to think like hang on a minute, like actually I might risk it. But I was thinking if I'm thinking like that, Imagine the members of staff who are sort of in their 60s with underlying health conditions, with asthma, diabetes. So, like, it was a real kind of, like, actual, like, tangible fear, you know? Um, And, of course, there were some really difficult cases, you know, family not being able to come in, some of our treatment not working. But, yeah, those were just some of the realities of the situation. On the flip side, because I know I've been sort of talking pretty negative, but, you know, it's the reality. No, yeah, absolutely. On the flip side, like, the community was crazy, the way people came together, the way the public came together, the claps. Like, I remember that first clap, I couldn't really go outside because I was literally doing a an arterial blood sample on a, on a COVID-positive patient. Yeah. But I remember the next week when it came, we were able to, like, spend, sneak out for, like, sort of 20 seconds listen to the claps and then i think they actually improved staffing and the non-covid stuff started to reduce which meant that actually our workload actually on the whole had dramatically even reduced for a little period so you know it was actually a lot of camaraderie and we did well man we actually did well as an nhs as a whole like the nhs actually did did really well um
0: so yeah that's my my covid my covid story so far really I mean I think when I say this I speak on behalf of the whole country thank you very much Uh, both for being on the front line and all you know always being there to help us out obviously we were safe knowing that you guys were out there Mm. looking out for us Mm. so thank you and uh, I know that it has been quite challenging for you you know managing your job at the same time your startup Mm. so Mm. would you like to tell us a bit more about your journey you know how everything started with your startup Sure. Yeah.
1: Before I go into that, though, I just want to say that, like, you know, the, yes, I had the startup and at the time, the the goal of the startup was actually to help other healthcare professionals. Yeah. But there are also a lot of healthcare professionals who are doing just as long hours, but they're doing all those hours mm-hmm. in the actual hospital. Yeah. So especially these ITU guys, um, or everyone working in ITU, to be honest, were working some really, really long hours. So, yes, I was doing a long hour weeks total, but there were some people who were doing those kind of weeks all around the world. Kind of just non-stop like in the hospital as well. So, um I just wanted to clarify that point as well. So they they also deserve a big up and a big thank you. Like you absolutely, know, just a, everyone. Yeah. The startup, man. Okay, it's it's weird because sometimes I don't even like I don't even like think of it as a as a startup if you if you know what I mean. Or okay. Like the typical startup. Uh-huh. But I guess we'll take it back if you know if your listeners have got time. Like we'll take absolutely, we'll really take love it love back it. like to the to the origins if you like and. I guess it all really started in my third year at university. So I remember I was balancing kind of two dissertations, a research project, uh, exams. At that time, I was running the Basketball Society as well. And we got into like the national quarter- quarterfinals. Uh, it's basically just a lot of social life as well. Like do you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. still, you know, trying to keep a, a social life going. And essentially, long story short, I just burnt out like, I remember the one weekend in particular, it was like the national basketball, whatever, finals. Had some friends over as well, had a dissertation deadline. And after that, I just was like wiped out for a week. Like literally couldn't get out of bed. Um, and it was tough. Like I, I really felt like I just wiped out. Like. And that year, like my exam results didn't do as well as I'd hoped. Um, so really, I realised that something had to change. And that's when I started looking a little bit more into the science. I started looking about the best ways to revise. And I thought, how else can I sort of manage myself almost like as an asset, if you, if you see what I mean? So like, I know we talk about self-care now, a lot about, yeah, you know, it's self-care, look after yourself, which is great. And, you know, I agree with that. But I also realized in in that next year is that, like an athlete, it's not just about doing it to improve your health which of course is you know it's important but it also will improve your performance so that year I started looking at what the evidence says the best way to revise I started mindfulness eating a lot better and throughout the whole year I just had a lot more balance you know, I was playing even more basketball I was seeing friends write up to exams and I was fortunate enough to get an academic prize that year you know so the exam results just jumped up uh-huh. just a lot more balance and I was like you know what I'm not the only one that's going through this or you know it's been through this or it's gonna go through this and I thought why don't I share what I've learned share my experiences and share that with other students so I remember like I think it was 2015-16 I made my first video course like it was proper old school um went through the challenges got a used camera had some like music on the back behind the video which was just way too loud like distracting (laughs) and like the light was off and the whiteboard like it was atrocious but like it was my start if you like and we had like 60 people sign up as a free little pilot course but then I just actually found it quite difficult managing everything like the, the next year of university so I thought you know what let me just focus on getting this year done let me just you know pass and become a doctor I was even thinking of taking a year out which not many people know I remember like actually trying to convince my parents I got a little slideshow going I was like this is why I should take a year out now I spoke to the dean of the uni I was like look I want to take this year out which isn't that common within sort of medical school because I was just really passionate about this you know this idea essentially long story short after having discussions I was like all right fine let me just finish get the get the degree and then we'll see and then they often say not to really take a break or they don't recommend taking a break from graduating and going into practice, which is understandable. Like it's something you want to be in there fresh. Yeah. Um, we can come on to that actually with, with COVID, especially for the new doctors who have started early, but we'll leave that for later. Yeah. So then I was actually, sorry, I'm giving you guys, I've not I've never given anyone this much detail of the story, but I'm we sure. want the details. Okay. So okay. please go ahead. So I would finished med school now. And I remember I did my elective in the Bahamas. Nice. Just you guys might think, all right, I went there. Elective is basically where you do a bit of medical practice, get some experience in a different area, and a lot of people will classically go abroad. right You can go to the states, you can go to uh, India, Nepal. I went to the Bahamas, and a lot of people think, oh yeah, you just chilled out there, <laughs> <laughs> you were just, just kicking back on the beach. But like, it wasn't even that at all. Like. I actually we had a I had a really strict consultant like a really really strict consultant on my elective. Um, I was it it wasn't that I remember there was actually it was a really bizarre time. Like my cousins flew out with their family and they were staying in the Atlantis Resort. They've got Bahamas. Uh They're like, hey man, oh, just stay over for a bit. Like we'll go to the water park and then I was a bit like okay, but, you know, I've got work, like, so I'm going to come, but, like, let me just, like, think about this. So, like, for, like, a week straight, I was, like, staying in the Atlantis, but I'd, like, have to wake up every morning, get my stethoscope on, go to the hospital, do, like, shifts and work at the hospital. Then I'd come back, go on the water slides or, like, do whatever, go, like, chill in Atlantis. It was, like, the weirdest kind of, like, mind thing. Anyway, the reason I brought up Bahamas is because I was like, oh, you know what? I want to start shooting my videos again now, you know? Yeah. If it came... I was going around, I was shooting. I was like, oh, the wind isn't right. This isn't right. Ultimately, I didn't start because you could call it perfectionism, but I just didn't feel it was good enough. And I'll come onto that again, especially because that, that raises its head again. Like it wasn't just, in that point where that whole perfectionism came, like it's still something that I'm dealing with if you like, but we'll, we'll talk about more how I'm getting through that. So yeah, I've, I was spend a lot of time trying to make them in the videos in the Bahamas, cause I was out there for like sort of eight weeks. So I had some time, you know, and then started my first year as a junior doctor. And this is like, I think a really pivotal moment for me. So because I was possibly giving health information out, I was like, all right, you know what? Let's actually make sure this is all legit. So I spoke to my, we call sort of indemnity organization, just to make sure they're kind of medical legal stuff and I was like look do you foresee any issues with me doing this like in my head I'm like I want to help lots of students at the time and I want to help them with their uh, health tips and mental health tips and study techniques like I just you know I just wanted to help I don't know if you've had this before ideal, but like you have a conversation with someone who just they just don't really get it and I think it, you can really have conversations with people and it can really throw you off one way or another and I feel that The person that I got through to on the phone was very much cautious and they were like, oh, well, you're not really that qualified to do this. And they were like, oh, you're only just an an F1. Uh, You've not really got that much experience. need to be worried about this and this could happen. And it scared me. I was like, oh, well, okay so oh well all right i'm just not gonna do it then or, or i was like no well that's what I, that's what i thought first it was uh-huh. a proper blow and i was a bit like oh maybe it's maybe i should just just stop like you know i don't want all that to happen i don't want this to be happening i don't want to you know all these risks and it, and it and it really was it it got me it, it did like slow me in my tracks but then i thought okay um, you know what no like that's when i started remembering my why i was like you know we hear about uh, Simon Sinek who's always talking about start yeah. with why and I was like all right my why is to actually help people who are going through a difficult time with evidence-based with like proper you know actual research tips uh-huh. and safe tips like nothing out there it's sort of you know it's low-risk things if you like you know I wasn't recommending to like oh take this new drug supplement that like I've found before which is like really random there's nothing like that and I was like okay what is my why and I was like all right, no I can't let this stop me so that's when I thought okay so Let's make a compromise, let's get more qualified. So I started looking at different qualifications and that's when I found the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine, so the Society for Lifestyle Medicine, and they were hosting this international certification so you could actually become internationally certified in Lifestyle Medicine. So it was an exam, it was uh, video courses where we had to sit through training, case studies and I was one of the first in the UK to actually sit this certification. Oh wow So we've got passed the exam and now I'm certified in last time medicine. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Now it's now it's game time. I started thinking how I'm gonna best do all of this and that's where we- i guess take us to september 2019 in this long story and i finished my second year as a junior doctor i'd got my uh certification in lifestyle medicine i'd had two years working in you know a and e general practice surgery uh cancer care so i had a bit more experience you know i'm not saying i was really experienced but a bit more experience yeah and know i was saying i want to take a year out before within med school but here i was this is a lot much more natural break where people take years out so i think now before to give you a brief overview of the structure of kind of career progression you do these two years as our like intern years if you like and then you'll sort of decide which route you want to go down whether you want to go down surgery gp a and e medicine and more and more people are like f2s which is what i was last year are taking that year out before they commit to another four five seven however many three years of further training so mm-hmm. they, this is a real natural place for people to travel or do some locum work or do a master's so for me i was like let's do a startup and I think when I tell people start it's it conjures okay startup like why don't you just sort of create some content and then but for me this goes back to my mission I feel that to really really make an impact and the impact that I want to make I feel this has to be a a business it has to be a startup and you know initially when I first said that I was like oh the word business is that really what I want to be associated with and you know is this to make money and I was like you know it's not to make money but if I want to make impact if I want to reach as many people as possible if I want to start a charity which I'm thinking about in the future if I want to give a sort of large proportion of any funds to charity then I need to make this an actual business so that's where I was like okay to sustain the message I was gonna have to monetize it somehow and that's why I sort of joined the BC in startup which is where I met you like that boot camp like by the way BC has been great like that boot camp that we went on because obviously I've just been in this medical world and I haven't had any experience of business you know, like accounting, tax returns. Marketing, I'd done a little bit on, but it was just like mine. I had no idea what to start. So I found the bootcamp a really good grounding. Uh-huh. And I know maybe some people who had some business experience or studied business knew a lot of it. But for me, like I was just soaking it in like a sponge. Like I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I need to... I need to learn this i need to learn that and that's where the startup started if if you like and it's been a it's so you could say it's been year one and it has been a really really like just a crazy year but in a good way like the growth has been just crazy like the things i've learned yes on the business side but i think personally probably is what has been the biggest kind of growth the biggest um awareness that i've had because this is completely out of my comfort
0: zone absolutely it's something new completely different from what you've studied for the last what 10 years i guess right right exactly and like i know it's
1: new for all startup founders who are yeah. doing their first business this really was just a completely new world but I, I love that man i think sometimes we have to get uncomfortable we have to enjoy the uncertainty and like i said that's how we how we grow sometimes really and to give you a little background on what actually i've been doing so i just i know been a little bit vague on what, what exactly the startup is, but the first kind of product that I've been working on is aimed at universities. So I'm hoping to get a course into universities for students aimed at improving exam results. So the latest evidence-based techniques that I use to improve my exam results, and I've helped other students with, and also at the same time well-being. And I don't know about you. I know this is a bit of a general statement, but I feel that young people, especially. and about you, Adol? But I feel that like. Again, this is just anecdotal, that young people, especially, don't always see health
0: as a priority. You're right about that. I think you're right. Yeah, you'd agree? Yeah. And by the way, I've been doing so much talking, I feel bad. <laughs> no, that, That's why we need to learn from you. That's why you're here, Dr. Um, Kern. We need to know all these things you've been doing, amazing thing, and trust me, like me as a startup, as a founder, I think I have not paid that much attention to my health and which is why mm. it's very important for me to learn. And I think uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, I mean, I've known what, at least around 50 entrepreneurs so far and probably not many of them are really aware of their you know, health. Factor, you know, where they should pay more attention to it. So definitely, please tell us more about that. So
1: yeah, so you know, I feel like young adults, you know, we—it's not always a priority. And yes, we've got wellness trends in certain parts of the population. You know, you see the Insta fitness, Instagram foods, and yes that's there but broadly speaking i don't think it's always a priority so my whole sort of thinking has been how can i incentivize young adults to actually make changes in their health and that's where i've almost shifted and said look yes i'm a doctor but actually i've not even kind of i don't kind of come in your face and say oh yeah go for a run now 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 Uh if anything i show how these habits these techniques that i talk about can actually improve your productivity you know we've got good evidence to show exercise can improve your cognition and executive brain function in young adults we know mindfulness can make you more creative we know sleep can improve your memory we know Hydration can improve your energy, your mood, which are all going to affect your performance. Whether that's at work, whether that's in the boardroom, whether that's in a pitch when you've got like a you know competition and you're pitching for something or a presentation, and also whether you're a student trying to sit exams. So the first course is called Supernova Student, and it's a five-part course. We've got a nutrition scientists, really experienced nutrition scientists on there, and it's all about improving exam results, but doing it in a sustainable way. So yes your exams will improve but the idea is you can have more balance and generally be healthier as well i mean who who doesn't want that you know absolutely and yeah the idea is to sort of pitch to universities and get contracts and then we can go further and speak to other universities and that's really what stupid student has been but
0: so that's sort of like your business model right
1: right exactly exactly so yes we're gonna there will be an element of b2c Uh uh, which i'm still working out actually i'm still working out in things like price because the way I see it is almost like when I was actually creating the course it's almost like you know instead of writing a book you know some doctors write a book and they'll sell the book for me it's actually creating an online course selling the online course so I am thinking about how best to sort of uh, navigate that in terms of price uh, for the consumer but at the minute I do have more of a focus on b2b so or speaking to universities and saying look guys if you guys are interested in this evidence-based course peer reviewed NHS information standards certified and accredited by the British Society of Lifestyle it's a real like package. It's a real yeah It's a real piece of work That i put a lot of time in A hundred references But even that Like i just learned so much man Like I remember that When I was trying to write the script Like those bits Where I just have complete Like writer's block You know Those first couple of weeks I'm writing I was there I was typing away Like a couple of thousand words a day I was like Yeah I like this I was in float. And then literally there was like one day I don't even know what it was Differently Where I, I went And you guys probably can't see right now But I'm pretending to type on laptop My laptop And my fingers just like throws over the keys. I was like... So I was like, okay, cool. You know what? I'm gonna come back another day. Like, you know what? Come back later. Yeah. Came back the next day. Nothing was on the page, and it was weird because I knew that I, what, what I wanted to write about, but I just couldn't yeah. get anywhere. And that's where one of my cousins, who's an actor, he's like, oh, I'll come to this writer's uh, scratch night. So I don't know if you've have you heard of a scratch night before. No. Nope. Neither have I. I thought it was like a like a DJ thing. I don't. I, like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. And it's basically where they try out different writers, playwrights. They try out their stuff. So they hire professional actors just to try their stuff, just to see if it looks right. Right. And I remember speaking to a lot of the writers, just asking them how they get their inspiration and talking about what they do. One person, she said, oh, I, I get a, a menu, like a I want to go to the restaurant, I look at all the menus, try and get some inspiration from there. So like I've always like, every time I go Nando's, I remember since then I've just been looking at the <laughs> very, very like. <laughs> and yeah, just talking about like, eventually I think the bit that really kind of helped for that was speaking to one of the writers And he said, you can't wait for it to be perfect. You have to wait for it to be good enough. And like I mentioned earlier about the whole perfectionism thing, I think that really just struck a chord because I was like, you know what, look, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And if you do want it to be perfect, you actually need to release it first so that you can perfect it. Absolutely. Yeah. You see what I mean? So you can't perfect something in your head because you don't know if it's going to be perfect or not because you've not had feedback. You've not laid yourself out there to actually let it be changed. I think that especially in starters we talk about moving fast you know get something out there get your mvp get some feedback get some you know uh market validation and then iterate and then change it a little bit and then try again so i think that's definitely something that i've learned and that was the first challenge so i managed to get you know, this 10,000 word piece of script done and got some reference on this. And I was like, all right, I just need to record the videos. And I remember saying to my cousin, he had a little studio set up. He was like, I was like, yeah, cool. How hard can it be? Walk into the room, shoot all the videos, do it all in one take, maybe a couple in two takes, who knows? And we'll do it all in like two days. Did that happen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen him with this podcast like we were talking about earlier mm. that like, there's always these little snags that you just don't think about. Like whether there's creases in my shirt or like little lighting things going wrong, the camera battery going wrong, Uh, not being happy with how I'm speaking on the camera, uh, not smiling enough, like all these little things. I remember there was this one time where I'd sat down, got everything ready. I was like, "Oh, this is the one. And the next door neighbor got their leaf blower out. And (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, man, bro. Oh boy! So I think things to summarize. Yeah. What that taught me is that things always take longer than you think. Absolutely. I know I just said you know you need to move fast, but like also having you, giving yourself a bit of compassion. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't do. And you know, for any of you startup founders out there, what you're doing like, isn't easy. It's not the road that's traveled. It's not. It's not something that comes naturally. There's no playbook for your business. It's always going to be new. And that's constantly going to be a challenge for your brain. Not one that you can't overcome, but I still think, I, I believe there's a lot of startup founders who can really just get bogged down in the day-to-day and not realise, one, how far they've come, but also that they are doing some hard stuff. Like it is, it's difficult, it's, it's so difficult. And I've got a lot of respect for the the way that they can handle uncertainty. And yeah, so all to all my startup founders out there, like however big, however small, however far along your journey you are, whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the game for three years, five years, 10 years, like you'll learn, you'll, you'll pick up things, you'll learn how to manage things. And I think like we were talking about earlier, I'd love it if even startup founders, we've got that whole classic like, yeah, work 14 hours a day, get takeaways, stay in, don't do anything else, just work on the grind. And I really think that that's just a false, a false image we paint because you're actually more productive if you do have that sleep if you have those breaks in between if you rest that like we've got good evidence to show that taking breaks and having periods of rest can actually make you come back stronger be, be sharper so that's definitely something that i've i've learned and just enjoying the process because i think even me like even though i had this mission i was like yeah i want to improve the On improve the lives and uh, improve the happiness, health and performance of millions of young adults, and you can almost get fall in love with the destination if you like, and just be so attached and so focused on that destination, which is always in the future. And something that I've learned again, I learned, I'm always learning in this process, and I only really, even though I knew this, I only realized it in the last couple of days. Even was actually enjoying the journey. You know, often we think the dream, ah, the dream is then when. You know when i've gone public or when i've got this many employees and i've got this revenue but you don't realize that we're already in the dream already like we're already a few steps in the dream isn't sort of in the distance you being a startup founder having your own company being part of something having that creativity that already is the dream and i, th- I feel that a lot of people just forget that and it's easy to forget that so that's where i say enjoy the journey which is sometimes just a bit of a cliche just a blanket word and If you're in flow state, it makes it easier. If you enjoy your work, it's easier. If you've got passion for your startup, it's easier. Passion for your work, it's easier. If you've got a contribution side of it as well, it's definitely a lot easier if you're doing it for service and for others. But it's not always going to be like that and when you do go through a patch where it's just difficult like right now i'm writing subtitles and you know they need to be done i want to make sure it's accessible to everyone that can watch the course but like the actual process of i've got a little tool but the tool's not that accurate it's like a artificial intelligence thing so the process of going through hours of footage manually typing editing subtitles like it's long (laughs) it's just it's hard it's really really hard so when you do get through through those bits which are just you're just not enjoying it whether for you it's like tax returns do what you can to infuse infuse or enthuse enjoyment into it so ideas for that would be presence practice or gratitude practice at the end of the day reminding what you've done reminding what you're grateful for, what you have in your life. Uh, even the little things. I think often as sort of startup founders, we don't
0: celebrate the little wins. Exactly. I, I keep saying that a lot. And which is why now what I do, I think, let's say, even if I send out a parcel to one of my clients, I'll be like, I pat myself on the back saying, you know what, job well done. Go on. Yeah. Relax. Maybe grab a pint or something. Hey you got to celebrate. Of <laughs> exactly. course. That's how it should be. That's it. And I think if we don't
1: celebrate those little wins, we're a lot more at risk of burning out because we're just constantly looking for the next thing. And yeah, man, I love, I love that
0: little pat, pat on your back. They'll pat yourself on the back. like. I mean, I, I found that really useful. Trust yeah. me. I mean, like now my stress level is way lower than it used to be because mm. now I think it's the mindset that I've started changing. Mm. Like why be stressed out? I mean, like you said, celebrate each and every win the small wins you know you have celebrate them and I think that would be a big thing for you it would, be, it would make a big difference I definitely. think
1: definitely because that, that's actually a crazy thing you've done there like you've you got a product you've added value to someone else and you've done the logistical work to get that said product into their hands and not only into their hands into their to actually improve their experience of life like I know maybe I'm making it a bit like wishy-washy but that is actually what you've done and not many people actually know how to do that mm-hmm. so the fact that you've done that and someone wants one of your great plates by the way it's huge man so if anyone's listening out there and you're finding it tough hey just think about your small wins think about what you've done and even if you think oh i've not made a sale or i've not done this yet like there's gonna be a something that is a win whether it was creating a logo or or Put in a website like that actually is a win, and something that I also want to—I was going to say at the end, but I think now is an appropriate time. If you're a startup founder and you are really struggling, so whether that's low in mood or anxiety, and you feel like you need some support, I just encourage you to please just seek support as early as you can. Whether that's from the Mind UK website, the Mental Health Charity, or your general practitioner, please just seek support from your usual health professional.
0: Is there any kind of like hotline, especially for any, anyone who's suffering from mental health illness?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So, so Mind UK is a really good place to go, okay. uh, mind.org.uk and they've got a section that's saying I need help now. And okay. then they sort of sort of uh, risk stratify you. So they, based on how at risk they think you are, they'll give you different options and they've got some really good self-help resources. And I'm happy to send you a list of some other specific
0: hotlines uh-huh. as well. Yeah, I can I add can that at the episode. Definitely, definitely, of course. I think mental health is a very key factor. And I myself have been through it, so I know it's not easy. So which is why I think what you're doing, the course, that would be fantastic. Because people don't really understand uh, how important that is. I think we tend to undermine you know, how mm. we should actually... I think everything mm. matters, like the whole lifestyle how you start the day to how you end Mm. the day, how you eat breakfast or you don't eat breakfast, like everything matters, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think
1: that's what you touched on there is that, so I'm certified in lifestyle medicine and what I always like to say is, I feel that lifestyle medicine should be in people's lifestyles. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a separate thing like, oh, okay, now I'm going to look after my health. If you can sort of slot these day-to-day habits again, start small, that's what I'd say, Like, don't overwhelm things, start really small, you know, whether it's a little walk here and there, or a few few minutes of deep breathing, which we know can improve decision making. Like I said, these things, yes, they'll benefit your health, but the main reason I do them is because they make me perform better, you know, they actually make me, I feel they make me a better doctor, they make me more present with patients, they give me more energy at work, you know, eating well gives me more energy when I'm making videos. So i th- I th- I, yeah I think it's it is all interlinked because at the end of the day your business is only as strong let me rephrase that. i was gonna say your business is only as strong as you are but I don't think that's the right way to put it but i but i I've not again i've not seen research for this but I'd bet that your business's health is is tied or in some way interlinked with your own personal health uh-huh and there's some people who will look after all of their business health, like they'll make sure everything's tuned, they'll make sure the legal's right, the accounting's right, the, the nuts and bolts, the admin's right, but they won't look after their own health. And while that might, might be good and that might work for the short term, possibly, for the long term, it's just to uh, put you at risk of burnout. And in the long term, I believe will harm your business that's my my personal personal opinion in the in the long run okay in the long run even in the short term like i said deep breathing will improve your decision making staying hydrated will make you feel better and like i said it'll make it easier to enjoy the journey
0: i agree i think i think that's uh, on point um So right now I have a few questions that I would like to ask you. Yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing I would ask, which you have sort of explained the challenges, but still, I would like to reiterate on that factor. So what did you think the biggest challenges that you have faced so far? I mean, since lockdown as well, did any of those challenges create any new opportunities for yourself? Or did you find that, I mean, did you struggle through that? Yeah, good, good question.
1: I feel that the biggest challenge actually has been myself. I think it's been my, it's been mindset. So I could reel off all these external things like, oh, uh, you know, it took me ages to find the right insurance or the right indemnity cover, or I could talk about uh, COVID. I could, you know, I could use all these external things if I'm to be if I'm to be really really honest with myself I'd say the biggest challenge that I've had this year has been mindset and that's crazy that's me talking who's you know he's been deep into personal development Uh and and health but I still believe that the things that have held me back the most have been fear you know it's been fear about something not being good enough it's been fear about being judged by colleagues like oh aren't you a doctor why aren't you just uh, why aren't you doing the usual kind of route, which is you know we need that which i understand and but the way i see it is that preventative medicine is is huge and if i can get people with the getting into these lifestyle habits early at a young adult sort of age and you know the evidence shows it will improve outcomes not only now but in the future so yeah i'd say fear i'd say uh Yeah, I say that I'd say they're big ones and just yeah, I I'm going to I'm going to say the, the biggest challenge I've had actually been myself, which can be frustrating at the same time, but it means in this last year I've already learned so much okay. and rather than being like, "Oh, no, I can't do it." I'm using those experiences now just to go, like move fast. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of kind of
0: self-person development work. And yeah, for me, it's actually just getting through that. I have another question for you. Obviously, you've mentioned about the challenges and that makes me wonder, you know, you have been to the hospital at least a few days in a week. Mm, mm. So obviously it was a bit hard for you to juggle with both. Mm. How did you manage your time? So when COVID really hit,
1: I went back to full time in the hospital. And in my so evenings or weekends, I was creating Copewell, which we talked about at the beginning, uh, the healthcare video course for healthcare workers. And at that point, I basically, the big word was just acceptance. I was like, okay, look, so supernova student is just going to have to wait. Like, it's as simple as that. And I was a bit like, ah, oh, it's a bit annoying. Like, I was in good momentum. I was ready to drop. Felt like I was going to like release my debut album. Like, I was getting excited. <laughs> But yeah, when COVID hit, like things just kind of like I said, it just came through me. well, just came through me. It's almost like I didn't even think. And I was like, all right, let me use those video skills, those subpar beginner video skills. Let me use those skills to help healthcare professionals and kind of get it distributed everywhere. So I basically just put Supernova Student on hold. And I was also trying to keep a social media presence going that sort of reduced a lot a little bit so i really had to prioritize and it's not easy to always prioritize like i'm sure you know like i'm sure a lot of your listeners will know it's not easy to prioritize but for me i made the decision like okay cope well and clinical work in the hospital that was it so that was like that for them for the last couple of months and it's only recently that i was like okay you know remember the mission remember the the big scope remember what i'm aiming for here and that's when I started thinking, all right, let's get carry on with Supernova Student. So, basically I think it was just a case of accepting that I'm gonna to have to pause the startup for a bit in that sense. So, but equally, Copepod has actually been great. You know, it's, it's I've been on uh, Instagram Lives and I've been talking to people about it. And it's kind of, I guess, People have started, like especially other doctors who are on who are influential on social media, who have been like, oh, okay, okay actually, this guy's got a decent little course here. Uh, he's giving it away for free. Uh, let's you know, let's promote this guy. So I've actually had a lot more conversations with it, and I feel that actually it's sort of a natural progression because Supernova Student and well, Nineteen have got a lot of similarities as well, even though they're both about completely different things. The techniques, the tools, the styles are all pretty much similar. So, yeah, I just accepted. Uh, did a lot more work in the hospital. Finished coke well off. And now I'm sort of had the... Uh, because I've not really had a break for the last couple of months, if I'm honest with you, bro. Like,
0: uh-huh. I've, even though we're in lockdown, I think we were chilling at home, watching Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> you, on the other hand, <laughs> yes. did not get the time. But
1: which Which I don't even complain about, to be fair, because I think that actually for me being able to go somewhere regularly, wake up, go to work, see people interact. I'm actually, I also see that as a blessing that I had that sort of regularity and routine because I know how hard and difficult lockdown has been for a lot of people. So I think now, maybe August, I might take a couple of days to do completely no work. And when I mean completely no work, that means like no Supernova student stuff, no uh, creating content, no kind of cope well, things trying to get that into just literally two three days off grid just relaxing uh, go to some mountains somewhere I don't know in the UK <laughs> like, literally. maybe you can go to Dirtled or I've been there recently yeah really, nice. really yeah okay yeah I have, to, I have to check that out so that's another thing like yeah just take lots of breaks guys enjoy the journey rest go hard when you do work but also recover hard and recover well when you don't
0: perfect Thank you so much, Karen. I think uh, the only last question that I would like to ask you is what's the vision for, I mean, your brand itself. Mm What do you see yourself five years down the road? Okay. Okay. So this is quite interesting. You said five years. I recently came up
1: across something called the odyssey plan. Have you heard of the odyssey plan before? No, I haven't. And it's kind of like an exercise where it's three part exercise. Part one, you imagine yourself in five years time doing what you're doing now so imagine same kind of rate you're doing the same sort of things in your week you're in the state possibly in the same place and you know things are still growing at that, that sort of steady rate and you sort of ask yourself okay would I be happy in five years the second part of the exercise is you say okay if I was to go really out of my comfort zone and do something completely crazy completely different what would it be like? And that was really interesting because for me, I'm not entirely sure what that is yet. And I have been a bit like overthinking things a little bit, but I was like, okay, let me think of a vision, which is ultimately, I want to help as many people as I can while I'm here. And when we start thinking about reach, that's where we start thinking about branding startup. It's you know, it's the truth, it might not sound like the, the same thing, but with increased brand, it means increased influence. It means, like I said at the beginning, you can start a charity. It means you can influence people to move a little bit more, reduce burnout, reduce mental health, mental health in young males, which is a massive issue particularly. And also give to causes. So for me, it's about improving the lives of millions of young adults through my video courses, through possibly some books, through social media. And look, I know it's a big goal. It's ambitious. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you always say you've got to reach for the stars, land on the moon. Normally it was like land on the sky, but I think <laughs> people have upgraded that now with like Virgin Atlantic and stuff because <laughs> you can hit the moon. So yeah, that's, that's the vision. That's the vision basically. And one thing to say is that like, you know, if I reach it, fine. If I don't reach it, as long as I have a good time and help a lot of people, then
0: can't complain. Well, I think uh, I don't see any reason why it not would not work. I mean, that is a requirement. And like you said, NHS... I mean, it's sort of like an investment from NHS in a, in a mm, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would see it that way because if you're doing that helping people, that means, you know, people going to the NHS might reduce in some sorts of, sorts of way. I mean, I'm sure of yeah, that. Yeah. I feel that that's going to happen. So, yeah, which is why I wish you all the best with the oh, supernova man. and Thank everything, you. everything you're doing. It's fantastic. Go ahead with that. And hopefully we will have a chat probably six months down the road again to oh, find out that. how you're doing. Definitely. I like that little milestone, a little check-in. Yeah, that would. I mean I mean I think I, I am planning to do that with pretty much everyone nice. on my okay. podcast to Exciting. see I mean after six months what happened exactly. In the six months did you manage to achieve what you've planned or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll set some goals for then. Yeah, brilliant. So I know you've given lots of tips all throughout the whole episode mm. for people, but last one tip anything that you would like to give out to the founders or entrepreneurs startups or anyone who wants to start up a business enjoy the journey i know i talked about it so much but
1: just honestly do your best to enjoy the journey do activities that you enjoy and if it's something that you need to do which you don't necessarily enjoy then find a way to make it more enjoyable or use presence gratitude acceptance reward yourself celebrate the little wins and the last message is yo you guys well done whatever you're doing You're obviously doing it for a reason because there's no other way you'd do this, go through this whole crazy process of being a startup founder or entrepreneur. So whatever that reason is, just keep reminding yourself. I know you said two tips, you said one one tip, but two tips would be enjoy
0: the journey and remember your why every single day. Brilliant. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on Ask a Startup. Thank you.